Thank you, Jesus. Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews 5. Hebrews chapter 5. We'll start from verse 12. We'll continue into Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. It says, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Chapter 6 verse 1 Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith towards God, of doctrine, of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. Hallelujah. I don't know how many times I've read this portion of scripture, but every time I read this, I get excited. Hallelujah. Because I know I'm doing the perfect will of God. Because as it is written here, it is the will of God that every believer should be uh, learning these things and teaching these foundational doctrines. Hallelujah. So it says these are the first principles of the oracles of God. That's what Hebrews 5.12 calls it. Or as we saw the meaning in Greek, it calls it the letters of the alphabets or the ABCDs of God's word. Hebrews 6 calls it the principles of the doctrine of Christ, Christ or as we saw in the Greek, it, is, it means the original teachings of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So these are the original teachings of Jesus when he was on the earth. What he taught his disciples, the discipleship program he started, he taught his disciples and then in Matthew 28, uh, we see him telling in verse 19, says, go and make disciples of all nations teaching them what I have taught you, what I have commanded you. So Jesus taught these things to his disciples. Then he told them, "Go, you, you go make disciples, teaching them the same things. And we saw in Acts chapter 20, verse 20 and 21, that in the first church, the apostles followed the same doctrine. And throughout the Bible, we see in Paul's letters, Paul taught these to the Corinthian church, he taught them to the Hebrews, he taught them, um, then he's telling the Hebrews that you guys, let's read verse 11, let's look at that, Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11, he says, about whom I have many things to tell you, but you have become dull of hearing, look at that, it says the word dull which means stupid or lazy said you have become lazy in hearing you know these things i've taught you these things but because you didn't continue in these things you have become lazy and you've gone down spiritually you've become babies hallelujah so it is the will of god for every believer to learn these things in acts chapter 20 21 they taught this publicly and house to house they gathered every day they followed the apostles doctrine every day imagine they did this every day, house to house. They'll gather in one house, they'll learn these things, they'll have communion, move to the next house, again teach the same thing, have communion. Imagine what kind of life that is. Believers gathering. You're busy with the Lord's work, one place to the other, gathering, teaching the same thing. 
That's why I never get uh, bored teaching and reading the same portion of scripture over and over again because I know I'm simply following what the apostles did. One person asked Kenneth Hagen, Papa Hagen, how long will you continue to teach our faith? He said, till you get it. Till you get it. I mean, he always started on Mark 11, 23 and 24. He taught on the same topic again and again. People asked him, how long are you going to start with the same portion of scripture for years? He said, till you get it. When you get it, we'll look for something else. So, according to the word of God, every believer has to get these things. And trust me, what you're learning here right now, 95% of the body of Christ doesn't know. 95% of the body of Christ, they are not taught these things. They are not taught these things. Nations are waiting for these things. So as, as you obey these things, as you learn these, and as you obey in teaching them, nations will open their doors for you. I can guarantee you these things. Nations will open their doors for you. Because the nations need these things, what we are learning. Hallelujah. Like we discussed last week, this is just like tithing. Tithing. See, the benefits of tithing can only be experienced when you actually tithe. When you start tithing. When the action, you can, uh, you can learn about tithing, you can have all the knowledge about tithing, but you will not uh, receive the benefits of being a tither till you actually tithe. Till the action is done in faith. Same way, the benefits of learning and teaching these things, you will not get this till you actually go and start teaching these to someone. That's how the things of God are. You can have head knowledge, but till you practice it, till you practice it, till you take the step of faith and start teaching others, you will not see the actual benefits. That's why today I can boldly declare that where I am today is because I just took the step of faith, a small step to learn these things and teach these. And my life has changed. Hallelujah. So that's why we are learning these things. We are encouraging you to learn these and go make disciples. Hallelujah. So today we are going to start with the first one that is repentance from dead works. We see that there are six, in some translations there are six, but the actual, actually there are seven of them. They are repentance from dead works, faith towards God, baptisms, then doctrine, then laying on of hands, resurrection from the dead and eternal judgment. In some translations the word doctrine is not there. But at least if you get the six, that's more than enough. Alright. So, let's start with the first one. Repentance from dead works. Hallelujah. Repentance. So, the first question is, what is repentance? Is it important? I, like we always discuss, this is one of the most abused word in Christianity. The word repent. When people hear the word repent, they either hate it or they... Or, or, Fear enters them. Because that's how it's been preached. So repent. You better repent. God will be angry with you. Repent. So the moment people hear the word repent, it's like terror. Fear. We've, we've seen 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. But a spirit of power, love and a sound mind. Hallelujah. So let's see repentance. Let's go with me to Mark chapter 1. We'll read from verse 1 to 4. Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. It says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before, you, before your face, 
who shall prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. Hallelujah. So we see, before Jesus arrived at the scene, John the Baptist was teaching on repentance. His whole ministry and the baptism that he was giving was called baptism unto repentance. Hallelujah. So his main purpose was to prepare the people for the coming of the Messiah. So he was preparing the people saying, hey, there's somebody coming after me. Get ready. We'll see what it means. Verses 14 and 15. We read, we're still in Mark 1. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent ye and believe the gospel. So you see Jesus entering the scene right now. And what is the first message that he preached on? Repentance. So before Jesus came, John was preparing the way, preaching on repentance. When Jesus came, the first message that he preached, again, started with repentance. Hallelujah. Let's see some more. Mark chapter 6, verse 7. By this time, he made his twelve disciples. He selected them. And now, verse 7 says, And he called unto him the twelve, and began to send them forth two by two, and gave them power over unclean spirits. Now, he's sele he selected twelve disciples. Now, he's sending them out two by two. He said, go out. He gave them power over unclean spirits. Now, let's read verse 12. What did they do with that? Verse 12, And they went out and preached that men should repent. So now Jesus sent out his disciples and what did they preach on? Repentance. Let's see some more. Luke chapter 24, verse 45, 46 and 47. This is the last message of Jesus. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So the last message spoken by Jesus is about repentance. He said that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. So we saw that. John the Baptist preached on repentance before Jesus. When Jesus came, that was his first message. When he sent his disciples two by two, they preached on repentance. And the last message of Jesus was again on repentance. Let's see some more. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. This is on the day of Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit came. And all the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues and then this is the first message preached by a Holy Spirit baptized apostle or a disciple then Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost so the first message preached after the baptism of the Holy Spirit is again 
on repentance. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 17, verse 30. And the times of ignorance God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Look at that. Now it's a command. It's a command from God for all men everywhere to repent. So is repentance important? Yes, it is. It is. So now let's, before we understand what repentance means, let's see what happens when somebody repents. Luke chapter 15, verse 7. Luke 15, verse 7 says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents more than 99 just persons who need no repentance. Hallelujah. It said there's joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. That means when one person there are 7 billion people on the earth. Among that, when one person repents, the Bible says there is joy in heaven. Read verse 10 also. It said, Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner that repents. Actually, the meaning is there is a jub jubilant party there. That's the, that's the meaning of the word joy. That like um, major party in heaven. It's not just a clapping among angels. No, that's not the meaning. When one sinner repents, there is a major party in heaven and in the presence of angels over that one person when he repents. So that's what repentance does in heaven. It's a major joy giver. It causes heaven to rejoice. Hallelujah. So now the question is, what is repentance? It's a very beautiful word. It's a very simple word. It simply means change your mind. Change the way you think. Hallelujah. Change your thinking. The number one reason people do wrong things is because they think wrong. They think wrong. Every action that you do is primarily because of the way you think. If your thinking is wrong, your action will be wrong. The words you speak will be wrong. And what happens? You get the wrong results. Like I said last week, before I got born again, I hated God. I just hated God. I did not want to do anything with God. If, some, if a preacher comes this way, I would go the opposite way. Somebody tries to force Jesus upon me, I'll make sure I get them in trouble. That's how I was. That's how I lived. Why? Because growing up, my image of God is, he's an old man with a long beard, sitting there with a stick, waiting to hit me. Waiting for me to do something wrong so he can punish me. Because that's what I heard. God will punish you if you do something wrong. The judgment of God will come. Punishment will come. God will be angry with you. So my image of God is an angry person who doesn't like me much, who's always bugged at me. And when my mom died with cancer, they said, God put cancer on your mom. God took your mom. I'm like, I don't like this God. I don't like this God. So I rebelled against God. 
and I lived a different life. But one day I heard what I thought was wrong. But God is a good God. He loves me so much that even before I was born, He sent His Son to pay the price for my sin. 2,000 years before I was born, the payment for my sin, my past, present and future sins, all paid for. So no matter what I did, it has been paid for. That's how much He loves me. He thought about me even before I was formed in my mother's womb. He knew me. He had plans for me. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Thoughts of peace. Thoughts to prosper you. To bring you to an expected end. That's not the God I heard. I said, this is different. This Jesus I'm hearing right now is different. I heard Jesus came so he can give me life. It's the devil who comes to steal, kill and destroy. So I'm getting new information. With that new information, my thinking changed. What happened? I turned towards God. When my thinking changed, I turned towards God, not away from God. When I heard the right information, I heard the right things about God, my thinking, my mind about God changed. What happened? The result was I took an action. I turned towards God. I said, Jesus, I believe in you. I give my life to you. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. Imagine, by 19 years old, I've, I've done everything possible. Whatever a 19-year-old boy can think of, I've done it. I was there. I was in the middle of it. And I hated myself. I wanted to kill myself. And I hated God. Then I heard this news. I changed my, my, I changed my life. That is repentance. Changing your thinking. Change the way you think. You were in the middle of sin because of wrong thinking. You thought, hey, it's cool. Everybody is doing it, so I can also do it. It doesn't matter. It's normal. That's how I thought. So you are in the middle of sin. You thought, hey, smoking is cool. Everybody does it. It doesn't matter. They simply put, put a picture on it. Not everybody is going to get that. That's what they think. <coughs> Said, it's cool. So everybody smokes. Said, drinking is cool. Not everybody is going to have kidney problem or liver problem, liver cirrhosis. No. Once in a while drinking is cool. So they drink. They think it's normal. Everybody does it. In fact, in India, they associate Christians with drinking. Any movie that you take, whenever there's a, whenever there's a name Michael or Peter, it's always portrayed as a drunkard. He always has a liquor bottle in his hands. Why? Because that's the way people think about Christians. When they're drunkards, they like rebelling, drinking, just partying. That's, that's the image Indians have got about Christians. Just think of it. Isn't it time we change their thinking? Are you getting it? So, what repentance does is change your thinking and make you turn towards God instead of running away from God. When you truly understand who God is, what, how much He loves you, what He did for you, how much He wants to bless you, increase you, prosper you, heal you and just make you famous, you'll be like, wow, this is amazing. This God is different. In fact, just go with me to 
um, Psalms 91. Let's look at Psalms 91. Read the last part. The last part of Psalms 91. I really like it. Anytime I read it, it, g- it gives me a good picture of God. Verse, verse 14 says, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him, I will set him on high because he has known my name. See, he not only delivers you, you love him, he will set you on high. That means the highest position possible. Look, continue to read the next. It says, He shall call upon me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. He'll bring honor to you. He'll bring honor to you. That's not the God I thought about. I thought the God uh, I heard about wanted to humiliate me in front of everybody. Waiting to punish me. I do something wrong, wanted to punish me, wants me to suffer. That's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is a God who is with me in trouble. He will deliver me. He'll honor me. He'll lift me on high. See, it's a different thinking altogether. And the more I got to know Him, the more I started loving Him more. I wanted to dedicate my life to Him. What He wants me to do, I will do. And I've been enjoying the benefits. Hallelujah. For a guy who ran away from home, and came to Bangalore with nothing. Today I'm married, three kids, enjoying a good life. I don't lack anything. Every need met. I mean, it's, it's, it's a cool life. That's a God, because of the God whom I believe and whom I serve. And I consider preaching and teaching His Word to be the most important job in the whole world. Why? Because you are teaching and preaching the words of the Creator of heaven and earth. Now, nothing else is more important than that because Hebrews 1.3 says he upholds all things by the word of his power. So teaching his word, I mean this is the best profession in the whole wide world. So for somebody who ran away and came here with nothing, I'm in a pretty good position. I consider it a privilege and honor to serve him. Hallelujah. So let's continue. Let's see this. Let's look at some examples in the Bible. Luke 15. We were in Luke 15, right? Let's look at the famous story about the prodigal son. We have all heard the story. A father had two sons. The younger one asked for his inheritance. He went, spent it all. Finally, he became poor. He returned back to his father and the father welcomed him. See, that's the story we know. But then, we don't know the intricacies of what exactly happened. Alright? Let's look. Luke 15. Let me just take that, sorry. Yep. Yep. Verse 11 says, A certain man had two sons. Let me stop there. Now Jesus is speaking here. He said, a certain man. He did not say, once upon a time. No. This is a real true story that Jesus is saying. There's a certain man. A certain man had two sons. And to whom is he talking? He's talking to Jews. Hebrews. Alright? And they are very religious people. They follow their customs. The law. The Tanakh. They follow it very religiously. Alright? 
I'm explaining the story to you, the background of the story. Jesus is speaking, he's speaking to Jews, Hebrews, who know the law and they're very religious in following and obeying the law. Now, with that understanding, let's continue. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there he wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his field to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. Look at that. Number one, he was speaking to Jews. And according to the law, Jews consider pig or swine to be unclean. They don't touch it. They don't eat it. They don't have any pigs in their communities. If you have ever been to a place where pigs are raised, you know the smell. You know how it stinks. They considered pig to be unclean. Alright? Today it's a different story altogether. We are in the New Testament. We have hygienic conditions where we raise up pigs. But this is the Old Testament. Alright? I'm talking because I eat pork. <laughs> okay. Alright. So he's talking to Jews. And for a person to have anything to do with pigs, I mean, that's a very bad thing. It's dishonor. Now, this guy was a rich man. Alright? And this younger son considered his dad to be old generation. Not cool anymore. He used the latest iPhone 11. Dad was using old Nokia. So he's like, ah, it, we don't go well with each other. You're old generation. We, I, I'm, I'm the latest fad. I, I, I look cool. Alright? So he was thinking, Daddy, I can't live with you. We don't think alike. We can't live together. We can't live under the same roof. That's what he's telling his dad. So give me my inheritance so I can go and I can live the way I want. And then Bible says he went to a far country. That means he left the Jewish nation. Went to another nation where nobody knew him. The culture is different. The, the traditions are different. Okay. And there he spent, and the Bible says he wasted his fortune. Wasted the money on riotous living. That means you can imagine. Whatever could be wrong, he was involved in all those things. And then it says he spent all. All the money that he got, all his inheritance, he wasted it. Spent it all. And then after that, there came a famine. I mean, already you're, you're at ground zero. And then a famine starts. Imagine what your condition will be. Shortage of food everywhere. Alright? And then it says, he went and joined with the ma a, a citizen of that country. And what did he do? He sent him to feed the pigs. Look at that. A Jewish person feeding the pigs. And then what happened? He was living with them. And he would fill his belly with pig food. Because there was no other food anywhere. Nothing else. 
pig food. What will pig eat? The waste. The husk. Look at that. So basically he's getting some fiber, nothing else. And waste. He's eating pig food, living with pigs. So probably now imagine his condition. He was a rich young man, but now who is he? Living with pigs, feeding pigs, smelling like pigs, not shaved, hair grown. And there, there should be some insects living in his hair and things like that. His clothes dirty. Just picture this for yourself. And then what happens? Verse 17 says, When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. Now look at that. Now he is not simply thinking about his dad. He is thinking about his dad's servants. Servants. See, in the Jewish culture, they had two kinds of servants. One group of servants are the servants born in the house. Alright? They have a higher status. Then there are hired servants. Daily wagers. Daily wagers. They are hired every day. Kuli. They are hired every day. And at the end of the day, you give them their wages. Now he is not even thinking about the people in the house. He is thinking about hired laborers. He said, forget the father. The laborers in the house. The servants. Hired laborers. He said, they have plenty more to eat. And here I am dying of hunger. Earlier daddy was not cool. Now daddy's hired laborers are cooler than him. Look at this. What is happening? His thinking is changing. He thought he was better than his dad. And he left his dad. Now, his daddy's hired servants are better than him. You see the change in his thinking that's happening? See, it's the same chapter. Same chapter. We, we started with talking about what happens when a person, a person repents. And now Jesus is explaining the process of repentance. Same chapter. Jesus said, when one sinner repents, heaven rejoices. Angels have a party. And then he's explaining the process of repentance with this story. He said, it's a change in a person's thinking concerning God. Concerning the ways of God. Who God is. God's love. And then what happens? It results in the person taking an action, turning towards God. That's what repentance is. See, the son thought differently before. And then he left the father. Lived a life of sin. But now, there's a change in thinking happening. And then what happened? He turned back to his father. Let's see what he did. He said, I will arise, verse 18, and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no more worthy to be called your son and make me as one of your hired servants. Look at that. See the change in thinking? It said, make me as one of your hired servants. Earlier, I'm better than daddy. Now, at least make me a hired servant. So at least I'll have food enough to eat. Forget the riches. Now, daily survival. Make me a hired servant. 
you see what's happening here i want you to pictureize this complete change in the way you think all right and then he didn't just simply think and stay there what did he do verse 20 says he arose came to his father but when he was a great way off his father saw him and had compassion ran fell on his neck and kissed him look at that he did not simply stay there after changing his thinking he followed it up with an action he rose up went back to his father that's what repentance does you change your thinking and you turn back to god see all of us came from god we came from god but because of adam's sin the sin nature in our flesh dominated us and we were living in a, living a life of sin we did not know god we lived away from god we lived any way we liked but when we came to know about god when we came to know about the goodness of god when we came to know how good he is how much he loves us how much he wants to bless us increase us prosper us heal us to raise us up bring us to the highest position what happened our thinking changed and then what do we do we follow it up with an action we turn towards him we say jesus i want you i receive you as my lord and savior whatever you want me to do i will do that is repentance see what happened the father was waiting father was expecting the son to return he was waiting he saw him from far away and then he ran towards the son hugged him kissed him then what did he do verse 21 and the son said unto his father father i have sinned against heaven and in your sight and i'm no more worthy to be called your son verse 22 says but the father said to his servants bring forth the best robe put it on him put a ring on his hand shoes on his feet bring hither the fatted calf kill it let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to be merry hallelujah look at that what did the father do the father said bring the best robe in the house now imagine the son where was he living with the pigs all right dressed with clothes that stink of i mean that has the pig stink he was eating pig food he smells like a pig traveled a long way imagine his flight they did not have uh, flights <laughs> there were no cheap flights there he had to walk he didn't have money to hire a camel or something else he would have walked all the way begging returned back to his father probably looked like a beggar but the father saw him from far ran towards him what is the first thing that the father do put the best robe on him now the moment the robe comes on him what happens identity changed earlier he looked like a beggar now when the best robe in the house was put on him the identity of that guy changed the robe covered him fully yes or no the robe covered him fully whoever he was before however he looked like doesn't matter now he's got a robe on him that separated him and now identified him with the family 
identified him with the father. And then what did he do? He said, put it on him, put a ring on his hand. See, ring represents authority. You carry the ring, the ring represents authority. The authority of the family, the position, the prestige of the family, the honor of that family is now given to him. And then it says, put shoes on his feet. Those shoes represent walking in that authority. The family shoes, the father's shoes. See, what happened to that guy? His complete look changed. Same way when you accept Jesus, when you come, to, come, come back to God, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the first thing that comes upon you is a robe of righteousness. You were a sinner before, now you become the righteousness of God. Righteousness means right with God. When we were a sinner, we were not right with God. We were away from God. We were away from God. Now, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He who knew no sin became sin, so we are made the righteousness of God. You are God's righteousness now. You are right with Him. Bible says you are seated with Him. You are right with God. That's what the robe represents. And, this, and the ring represents authority. All the authority that Jesus has is now ours. All the authority. And the shoes represent us walking in the authority as Jesus. 1 John 4.17 says, As He is, so are we in this world. As He is, exactly like Jesus. The same way Jesus walked. What is happening to us? Our identity is being changed. When you return to God, you were a sinner before. But now, when you came back to God, your identity changed. God just transformed you. That happened in your spirit. Outside, hey, I'm just the same guy. But inside, you became born again. There's a brand new spirit on the inside of you right now who is exactly like Jesus. That's a new you. That's a new person who you are. A new creation. You became born again. You're born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. You are born righteous. That when people, when, when in the spirit world, your identity is different now. If you could see yourself in the spirit world, you're like blown, like, oh, wow. Is this how good I look? Is this how grand I look? You'll be amazed. If you can see yourself, your spirit man, how amazing you look. Exactly like Jesus. Wall to wall, exactly like Him. The same splendor, same glamour. The same glory. That's how you look. Because it's the same robe of righteousness is on you. Same authority of Jesus, because now you are in Christ. That's what repentance does. Simply means, when you changed your thinking, you returned to God, you became like Him. You returned to the Father. Are you seeing that? That's why I said, it's a beautiful word. Now, now as believers, if you receive Jesus, you're born again. You're a believer. But still, again, as long as you don't change your thinking with the word, you can still live in sin. 
you can still have the same habits what do you do you have to change your thinking it's your mind that controls what your body does your spirit is different your spirit is born again now if you die right now you go to heaven but while you're on the earth your life how you live is based on your thinking so every day we have to renew our mind with the word of God. Put the word of God in our mind. Why? So our thinking will become like God. The word of God, where did it come from? From God's mouth. Before it was in God's mouth, where was it? In God's thoughts. God thought about it and he spoke. So when you spend time reading God's word, when you spend time meditating or studying God's word, what are you doing? You are putting God's thoughts in your mind. The more you do it, you start thinking like him. More you think like him, you speak like him. More you speak like him, you act like him. You get God-like results. If you continue to put God in your mind, the word of God in your mind, you will slowly find all those habits just disappear. I, mean, I had all kinds of habits. They just disappeared. I did, I did, I mean, I was, I would fall in and out of temptation, fall in again, then feel bad. Ah, I shouldn't have done it. Then, the same cycle. But I found out the more word I put in my mind, slowly all those things disappeared. All those habits disappeared. I mean, I couldn't speak one sentence without abuses in it. I could literally give you a bath in words. You stay a few minutes with me, you will stink after some time because of the words I use. But today I can't even imagine speaking those words. It's like a dream. Can't believe I used to live like that. It did not just happen overnight. It happened the more word of God I put in my mind, it slowly put all those things away. It put those things away. It's a, it's a complete transformation. You start thinking like God, you start speaking like God. Your life changes. You start seeing results in your life. Things start happening around you. Godly things happen around you. Hallelujah. That's the power of repentance. I hope you understood this. I believe you got this. See, that is repentance. Simply changing the way we think. Our thinking is the most important thing that governs everything about us. You think wrong, you do the wrong action. You get the wrong results. In your workspace, you cannot afford to have the wrong thinking. You need to think in sync with your company. Whichever organization you're working with, you need to think in sync with what the management wants. If you don't think with them, they'll say, oh, there's something wrong with you. We, you. we cannot go with each other. We can't keep you in this position. You, your thinking needs to align with our company's vision. You need to know this is the result we want. And your thinking should be focused on earning the results that we want. Not something else. Are you getting it? So to get God-like results, your thinking should align with God's way of thinking. To live a godly life, your thinking should come in line with God's word. Then you get the same result. I've seen there's no such problem on earth, absolutely not a single problem on earth for which the word of God does not have a solution. Whatever it is, I worked with the forefront of technology, IT. I've seen that the word of God always works, no matter what the problem is. It can be a management problem, 
technical problem, whatever it is. The word of God works. The power of God works. The favor of God works. It always works. You always end up receiving a solution. And you always end up being on top. That's how the word of God is. That's why we have to spend time renewing our mind with the word of God. We start thinking like God. We start getting God-like results. Our life will change. Our life will change. My classmates can't believe I'm the guy who I am right now. They can't. I'm the only guy in my whole college who is in the ministry. In school, college, wherever it is. Why? My thinking changed. I was thinking like them before. Then my thinking changed. My life is different. You're seeing this. So that's why you need to understand repentance. Repentance is important. Jesus started his ministry by speaking repent. Means change the way you think. Change the way you think. Hallelujah. We'll continue more on this next week. But I believe you understood this. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your loving kindness and tender mercies. Your word is from everlasting to everlasting. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Your word is enough to change our thinking, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You designed us in such a way that with your word we can change our thinking. Thank you, Father. We receive your word with all meekness because that is the only thing that can save our souls. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness. We are good ground for the word of God and we bear fruit 30, 60, 100 fold in the name of Jesus. As a man of God appointed by you, Lord, I declare every person under the sound of my voice, I declare every yoke destroyed, every burden removed, every need met in the name of Jesus. Their lives will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah.